You're listening to Curated Podcasts from the Beyond Infinity Radio Show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So if you keep an eye on our website, you'll see a story that we've done recently on a, a new theory that suggests aliens could use neutrinos or gravitational waves as a way of signalling across vast distances within the universe. Yeah, due to their, their sort of weak interactivity with... That's right. Uh, neutrinos are subatomic particles. They can, they, they're not affected by... They can pretty much go through anything. Yeah. And they travel speed of light. And so when you see these things, they, they, they're, they're often... They might have travelled from the time of the formation of our universe, mm-hmm. so 13.7 billion years ago. It's a highly technical question how they actually get this, extract this information, but they are able to get some information about the origin of these neutrinos, where, whether they came from a black hole, whether they came from a, a massive cataclysmic event mm-hmm. where a couple of uh, supernovas have, have exploded simultaneously. Or, you know, these are the kind of uh, events, massive cataclysmic events that, that create neutrinos. They've been nicknamed a ghost particle. They were predicted by physicists and then they were proved to uh, actually exist. And so the, the story that we did, I won't, I won't preempt it, but basically it would be if you were an advanced civilization, neutrinos would be quite a good particle to encode some mm. information with or to, mm-hmm. to send a signal across vast distances and not worry about it being diluted or, or uh, lost along the way. So what they've built, and this was just out of my reading for that story, what came out of it was that they've built a thing called the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory it's at the South Pole. There is a big base right on the pole. It's mainly American. It's called the Amundsen-Scott South Pole Station. It in itself is an amazing place. So if you go to YouTube, you can see a sort of guided tour where you get mm-hmm. taken through it. It's enormous. I mean, it's huge. It's, it's multi-level. It's got laboratories. It's got eating places. It's, it's got lots of accommodation. It's got games rooms, lounges, and a, a, a big scientific focus, laboratories right. and, uh, and meteorological studies. There's also a, a big telescope down there as well. So it's got these sort of scientific buildings around it. So people are kind of accommodated at the base, right at the pole, and then they go off and do work. And there's also the Ice Cube Neutrino Observatory. Now, this was built in the first decade of, of this century. I think it took about seven years to build. It took because they could only really do much in the, summer, in the way of building in yeah. the summer months, which is I think it's only three months, November through to February mm-hmm. was the window they had. So they had to kind of build it gradually. But it took advantage of this very, very clear ice that's I think there's several kilometers of ice underneath mm-hmm. the South Pole before you get down to the, the ground, the rock, ground, yeah. the rock underneath, because it is a continent, unlike the North Pole, covered in very thick ice at the pole. They took advantage of that very clear ice. They sunk a whole lot of boreholes. They, through those boreholes, they, they uh, loaded electric sensors, these spherical optical sensors called digital optical modules, each with a photomultiplier tube and a single board data acquisition computer, which sends digital data to the counting house on the surface above the array. It was completed on December the 18th, 2010. And it's just a very interesting scientific experiment. It is looking for, it's studying neutrinos in a very, very special, special environment. It's taking advantage of that, of the ice, because water is a great protector against radiation. So if you're going to, we've talked about the radiation exposure astronauts would have on the way to Mars, for example, mm-hmm. if you're going to set up a colony over there, do what Elon Musk wants to do. One way to, to make people safe on the way from that very dangerous radiation, which they've measured, uh, would be to have a, a layer of water around the oh, outside yeah. of the spacecraft. Mm-hmm. You could then use that to drink on the surface. Mm-hmm. But obviously a lot of weight involved. 
being deep in the ice, this neutrino observatory, these sensors are very, very protected mm-hmm. from interference from radiation, from electromagnetic radiation, interstellar radiation, mm-hmm. cosmic rays. And then they're looking for these pings which are set off by neutrinos coming through and they do find them. They find so is, this, them. is this capturing data uh, all throughout the year or yes. only in the summer? No, months? it's all throughout the year. Yeah. So that base at the pole, the Amundsen-Scott South Pole Station, is manned year-round. Okay. But obviously a lot more work is done in summer when they can get out and about. And there's more mm. people down there over the summer mm. months, those three months that they have better weather. I mean, they have permanent light. It's quite amazing, you know, like you could live in this place where it could be, you know, it could be midnight or it could be three in the morning and there's broad sunshine outside. And then the flip side of that is that for um, during the winter winter months and seriously cold and dark and really a pretty tough place to live actually in in that kind of environment. You know, there's pretty hardy souls who winter down there. So just a few figures that I'll run through, a bit of information about this. It's, uh, so the Ice Cube Collaboration, they are the people that run the scientific research that happens at Ice Cube. That's an international group of scientists. Ice Cube, as I mentioned, it's a cubic kilometre of ice and it searches for nearly massless subatomic particles, which are the neutrinos. Neutrinos provide information to probe the most violent astrophysical sources, for example, things like exploding stars, gamma ray bursts, and cataclysmic phenomena involving black holes and neutron stars. There's various components of the Neutrino Observatory, including a surface array called Icetop and the dense infill array, which is called Deep Core. It's designed as a multi-purpose experiment. They are looking to answer some of the big questions of physics like the nature of dark matter and the properties of the neutrino itself. Uh, IceCube also observes cosmic rays that interact with the Earth's atmosphere. These have revealed fascinating structures that are not presently understood. There are about 300 physicists from 52 institutions in 12 countries that make up the IceCube collaboration. The National Science Foundation, the NSF in America, provided the primary funding for the IceCube Neutrino Observatory with assistance from partner funding agencies around the world. The University of Wisconsin-Madison is the lead institution responsible for the maintenance and operations of the detector. Funding is also provided by some of those collaborating countries as well. It's a big project. It's an amazing building. You can, you can, uh, on, on YouTube, you will find guided tours which take you through it. But it's a big structure. I think it might even have accommodation for some of the scientists mm-hmm. working on it. Those that aren't staying at the nearby uh, polar base mm-hmm. are actually staying on station. There are about 100 trillion neutrinos passing through your body each second. Every day, 275 million cosmic rays are detected by IceCube. IceCube detects 275 atmospheric neutrinos daily and about 100,000 per year. One terabyte of unfiltered data is collected daily and about 100 gigabytes are sent over satellite for analysis. So it must be able to determine direction of the neutrino as well. I mean, if it comes from the, through the Earth, for example, from the other side, that maybe is uh, influenced by the, the core of the Earth or you know, hopefully they should be able to take out the background neutrinos that are coming directly from the sun itself during the summer months. Yes, I think they can do that. They can pick up the angle that the neutrinos have, have travelled in from mm-hmm. and then they can extrapolate from that mm-hmm. where they're, the direction, what, yeah. what the direction is and then they can point other telescopes at where the origin is and okay. say, okay, that ties in with that big that event that happened, yeah. that, that uh, supernova. 
So a majority of the neutrinos floating around were born around the time of the beginning of the universe, so 13.7 odd billion years ago, soon after the birth of the universe. Uh, since this time, the universe has continuously expanded and cooled, and neutrinos have just kept on going. So they're not influenced by other things. They can just travel on and on and on. They're subatomic particles. Mm-hmm. They're not affected by gravity or by other waves or particles. Or you know, They can go straight through planets. They mm-hmm. can go straight through stars. Mm-hmm. So they can carry a lot of really valuable information. Some of them is materials coming from the IceCube website, which is icecube.wisc.edu. Theoretically, there are now so many neutrinos that they constitute a cosmic background radiation whose temperature is 1.9 degrees Kelvin, which is minus 271 degrees Celsius, just above absolute zero. Other neutrinos are constantly being produced from nuclear power stations on Earth, particle accelerators, nuclear bombs, general atmospheric phenomena, uh, and during the birth collisions and deaths of stars. So lots of different sources of neutrinos but interesting, I mean, there is a cosmic background radiation, mm. which is about three degrees, just below three degrees Kelvin. Okay. It does vary slightly. It's, I mean, it's, it, that, that's another story. But this, because of the number of neutrinos that have, 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 have been generated since the formation of our universe, there could theoretically be a background radiation of neutrinos. Mm. Now, I don't know whether that's actually been confirmed scientifically or not. So, so neutrinos aren't sort of interacting with other neutrinos. So if there's a, you know, we know what we know about electrons, for example, if there's two positive electrons, then they're going to um, you know, repel each other. That's, you know, we were talking about the basis of electricity there. You know, I don't know if there's a, a positive or negative neutrino. I wonder what their interactions between each other is, and maybe that is what is causing some of that, that, that small amount of heat that you're talking about. That's some big physics questions yeah, that yeah. I do not have the answer yeah, for. It's yeah. a tough question you've got there, mate. And um, I would urge people to check out that website of icecube.wisc.edu. It'll you know shed a bit of information, a bit of light on that technical angle to this. It really is kind of cutting-edge science. They're even already planning the next-generation version of IceCube, mm. which will be even more sensitive and mm. more advanced mm. in terms of shedding light on this sort of exotic subatomic particle world. The frozen water beneath the South Pole is optically very clear and very stable. That makes it a perfect place to have this sort of detector. It's one cubic kilometre of ice, so a very large area, be enough water to fill a million swimming pools. IceCube itself comprises of 86 cables, each holding 60 digital optical modules, DOMs mentioned before. Each of the 86 cables has a theme, and each DOM has a name that reflects that theme. They call them flavours. There are different types of neutrinos. Mm. There are neutrinos that they know come from our sun. They pass through the dense atmosphere on their way to detectors on Earth, and so that's they're learning about our own star from Mm. this. So it's, Mm. it's very interesting research there. Uh, I just thought, following up on that story where we were talking about possible extraterrestrial intelligence somehow using neutrinos to send signals, unimpaired signals over very long distances, I just thought I'd give a bit more information about neutrinos and that big observatory at the South Pole. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our program website, beyondinfinity.com.au, where you'll find our complete back catalogue of over 600 podcasts. That's beyondinfinity.com.au.